Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Without an extension or a direct renter assistant program, the U.S. could be headed toward historic dislocations of renters and business failures among apartment firms exacerbating both unemployment and homelessness. Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to Groundbreaker, today's sponsor and partner. They are an all-in-one suite of tools for small to medium-sized real estate syndicators. They've got a special focus on real estate syndicators with 1 million to 100 million assets under management. They help you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Groundbreaker will help you scale your business without the need to scale your overhead. So they're going to help reduce your costs because of the admin team that won't need to be as large. And they're going to help you reduce your risk of data breach because of the security systems that they have in place. They'll help you increase your revenue by growing your assets under management because you're going to be allowed to focus on the things that are most important, like business growth and operations not those administrative logistics. And ultimately, they're going to help you elevate your company's brand and professionalism and investor experience because your investors are going to enjoy having this platform with all their information versus however you're currently doing it. Three things specifically about Groundbreaker I personally like. One, super easy to use from an investor standpoint and from a general partner standpoint. Two, it allows investors and general partners to fund electronically, meaning that a limited partner can complete their entire subscription and funding cycle without leaving the platform. And on the general partnership side, for distributions, you can set it up so that you can trigger bulk ACH payments within the platform. And then the last thing I really like about Groundbreaker is it's, well, it's cost effective. It's healthy to the bottom line. Their basic plan allows sponsors to sign up for as little as $100 per month with no limits on deals or investors. And you can read all about their pricing on their website. Speaking of their website, it is groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe, J-O-E. And when you go there, groundbreaker.co forward slash J-O-E, you're going to get access to a pitch deck that the Groundbreaker team created so that you have a template should you want to use that and customize it for your own deal. So go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. 
For more information, go to bestevershow.com. There needed to be a resource on apartment syndication that not only talked about each aspect of the syndication process, but how to actually do each of the things and go into it in detail. And we thought, hey, why not make it free too? That's why we launched Syndication School, and Theo Hicks will go through a particular aspect of apartment syndication on today's episode and get into the details of how to do that particular thing. Enjoy this episode, and for more on apartment syndication and how to do things, go to apartmentsyndication.com or to learn more about the Apartment Syndication School Go to syndicationschool.com so you can listen to all the previous episodes. Hello, best ever listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Syndication School series, a free resource focused on the how-tos of apartment syndication. As always, I'm your host, Theo Hicks. Each week, we air two podcast episodes that focus on a specific aspect of the apartment syndication investment strategy, and for a lot of the episodes we offer free resources, especially during our first part of the syndication school series where we went through the entire apartment syndication process from A to Z, from having no experience or knowledge of apartment syndications to selling your first deal. So make sure you go back and check out those episodes and check out those free documents. And then also some of the Future episodes where we go back and go into more details on some of those steps. We're also providing documents as well. All of that can be found at syndicationschool.com. And today, I'm airing this in the beginning of July. You're listening to this probably in the middle of July. So we're going to go over the rent payment tracker. We're going to go over the NMHC rent payment tracker, National Multifamily Housing Council to see how the rent collected in June compares to May and April. And since we are into July, we can also take a look at the beginning of July. So we've got some good news and some maybe not so good news. And again, this payment tracker started back in April because that was the first full month of the coronavirus. So I think this will be the second or the third syndication school episode we've done. I believe I did one for May and I might have done one for April. I'm not 100% sure. But if you want to get the actual data that I'm talking about, you can just Google rent payment tracker and then it'll bring you to the NMHC rent payment tracker website. They essentially track the rent paid by the week ending on the 6th of the month, the 13th of the month, the 20th, the 27th, and then the end of the month. So on a weekly basis. So as of this recording, all of June data is in, obviously all of April and May data is in, and then the data ending the week of July 6th is also in. So we're going to focus mostly on June, and then at the end, we'll also mention July, and then of course, next month around this time, we will be going over July's data in full. So first, let's go over what it was like last year in 2019. So for 2019, the rent collected for the total months actually goes down month over month. So April 2019, 97.7% of renters paid their rent. In May, it went down slightly to 96.6%. 
And then in June, it went down to 96.0%. So traditionally, at least historically, last year, it was above 96% each month, but gradually going down month over month. Now let's go into 2020. So April, which was the first full month of coronavirus, was 94.6%. So 3.1% lower than the previous year. So clearly a pretty big impact from the coronavirus. Now, again, historically, from April to May and May to June, the rent collectively would go down. But since April was so low due to the coronavirus, it's really hard to predict what's going to happen. So in May, due in part to the stimulus package, the percentage of renters who paid their rent on time actually went up to 95.1%. So compared to April, that's an increase of 0.5%, but still less than the rent collected in May 2019. So it was 1.5% less in May 2019, which we talked about in last month's episode. Now let's go to June. So in June, the percentage of renters who paid rent on time was 95.9%, up 0.8% from May, and actually only down 0.1% from June 2019. So due to the stimulus package and due to things beginning to reopen in June. Again, I'm sure there's other factors as well, but people were able to pay their rent in a similar proportion compared to June. So obviously that is great news, right? So you've got the same amount of people paying rent in June during the coronavirus than the people who paid rent in June last year without the coronavirus. Now, obviously, this doesn't mean that it's going to continue to go up. If you've been paying attention to the news, it seems like they're saying that there's a second wave potentially coming. I'm not sure if places are actually closing down at the moment, but we do have some July data. So we have the week ending by the 6th. So just like April, May, and June in 2019, the percentage of rent collected in July was less than June. I'm not necessarily sure why people are paying rent less in the summer. I'm sure that'd be an interesting thing to look into. But 79.7% of people had submitted rent by the 6th of the month in July 2019 as compared to 81.6% in June, 91.7% in May, and 92.9% in April. Now, going back to 2020, again, April was the lowest, was much lower was actually still about 5% lower by the 6th, which is the same as it was for the entire month. And then for May, it bumped up 2.2% from April, but still below May 2019. And then June was actually more than 0.1% below June 2019. It was actually almost 1% lower, but it seems like people were paying by the end of the month, probably due to at least in part rent payment programs that say, hey, you can pay rent by the end of the month. You don't necessarily pay it on time. As long as you pay it by the end of the month, we're okay with it. Now, July by the 6th, only 77.4% of people have paid their rent by the 6th, which is less than the percentage of people who paid their rent by the 6th in June, in May, and in April. So it's been the lowest since the outbreak of the coronavirus pandemic. So every single time they update the data on N. MHC. They input a statement, a quote from the president who's talking about why he believes 
that it is tracking in this way. So I'm just going to go ahead and read that to you here. So it says, the National Multifamily Housing Council, NMHC, rent payment tracker found 77.4% of apartment households made a full or partial rent payment by July 6th in its survey of 11.4 million units of professionally managed apartment units across the country. This is a 2.3 percentage point decrease from the share who paid rent through July 6th, 2019, as they mentioned, which was 79.7%. So 79.7% minus 77.4% is where they're getting that 2.3% from and compares to 80.8% that paid by June 6th, which is a 3.4% decrease. This data encompasses a wide variety of rental properties across the U.S., which can vary by size, type, and average rental price. So obviously, some people are collecting a lot less than this, and some people are collecting a lot more than this. This is just an average. So here's where the quote from the NMHC president comes in. He says, quote, It is clear that state and federal unemployment assistance benefits have served as a lifeline for renters, making it possible for them to pay their rent. Unfortunately, there is a looming July 31st deadline when that aid ends. Without an extension or a direct renter assistant program, the NMHC has been calling for since the start of the pandemic. The U.S. could be headed toward historic dislocations of renters and business failures among apartment firms, exacerbating both unemployment and homelessness. Now, Sounds kind of scary, but there are talks of an additional stimulus package, additional direct payments to the American population, which is kind of what they're referring to here. And I think the July 31st deadline might be the PPP program that he's referring to. But it does seem like another stimulus package is on the horizon. Obviously, it's only July 9th, so it's still too early to tell what's going to happen by the end of the month. Things seem to be happening pretty quickly. At least the stimulus package happened pretty quickly last time. So hopefully that alleviates this problem. But it's just something to keep in mind that we've done previous episodes on syndication school. We've done previous blog posts on syndication schools on how to approach this coronavirus pandemic with your residents. And really, probably the most important thing that I've learned from interviewing people on the podcast is having conversations with your residents, understanding if they have the ability to pay rent or not and understanding if they do have the ability to pay rent, where that money is coming from and if it's something that they're going to be able to continue to do in the future. So it's better to have those conversations today in the beginning of July, than wait until the end of July or into August and realize that your residents aren't paying rent. So I think the number one takeaway I've gotten is to have a conversation with their renters to see what they're capable of doing and then come into some sort of agreement at best, but at the very least you have an understanding and you know what they are capable of. And so you can plan ahead to know what to expect in August and if you need to cut any expenses or cut any projects you have so that you have enough cash to hold you over for August or any of the future months. But again, all of this could be alleviated by another federal package. So, Overall, make sure you're staying up to date on what the federal government is doing, what your state is doing, what your city is doing, and then have that conversation with your residents to understand what they're capable of doing. So that concludes this episode. As I mentioned, we will 
likely do at the latest another update on the rent payment tracker the same time next month. But again, this data is released every single week. So I might briefly mention it at the beginning of syndication school every week. We'll see. It just kind of depends on if the data is drastically different than what it has been. So until tomorrow, make sure you check out those syndication school series episodes I talked about in the beginning of the show, as well as download some of those free documents. All of that is available at syndicationschool.com. Thanks for listening. Have a best ever day, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template. Are you serious about taking the first step in the gateway to financial freedom? Then join Jake and Gino on a four-week course that will teach you how to become a multifamily real estate investor. Go to jakeandgino.com. That's J-A-K-E-A-N-D-G-I-N-O.com.